Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we are reading Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Austin, and today we are discussing chapter 33, the final chapter. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> the epic conclusion. The to epic the Amari conclusion. <laughs> and now for the epic conclusion of Amari and the Night Brothers. <laughs> Um, but first, what we what we discussed last uh, last week. Um, so Amari and Dylan got to the boonies um, on their siblings' vehicle was their 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 pirate ship. Um, uh, but then when we get there, we find out that the key holder hasn't been, I guess, alive um, in some time. Um, and that Moreau is there. And then, even bigger twist, Dylan is his apprentice. Who would have thunk it? Dun, dun, dun. Um, I would have thunk it. So... <laughs> I just want y'all to know. I didn't thunk it earlier on in the book, but I thunked it about about the time of the break-in. Not that I didn't think Maria was also involved, but I didn't think that Dylan didn't know what was going on. Mm. So. Um. So yeah. So then Dylan wants Amari to join them, but Moreau said that's over. That's canceled. We don't do that anymore. You're actually going to sacrifice yourself to bring back my dear brother Vladimir. Um. And Dylan is like, uh, how about no? How about I take your magic and Vladimir can also stay dead. Um. I'll take your man. Um. Then he turns to Amari for one final time to be like, join me. Together we can rule as born magicians. And Amari's like, mm, maybe not. So then he's like, Fine. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> born magician. Born magicians. And so then Amari's like, mm, no, I don't think so. So then Dylan's like, fine, I'll do it myself and take your magic too. But Amari, through the power of her belief in her magic, um, stops Dylan. We don't quite see how. Like, it kind of ends with, like, she brings all these illusions of herself. There's one that's, like, super armored, like, um, and then... As if she's, then, like, um, an armored titan from freaking Attack on Titan or something. Yeah, and then she... Then there's, like, a burst of light, um, and then I think Amari passes out. That's how we... It's lightning yeah. in her hand. Like, she is... Yeah. She is for reincarnated mm-hmm. Ooh. um i also want to point out that not only did dylan say join me he said forget about your brother and my sister they can die he did, that. He did. Just you and me that let's do happen. this together and it's like and it, like what makes it even worse is that at that point like they were not their life force their life essences weren't needed any longer like yeah. they were their life essences were being taken to power vladimir coming back once you take out Moreau from situation like they can live now like even just to be merciful like just for the barest of like I don't even need this for more magician which is Dylan's whole thing right it's like to make magician kind more superior like at least Maria can right like he he didn't have to let them die like he really he really didn't have to like he really could have just been like oh yeah sure I'll take I'll I'll let their spell dissipate it's cool I'll take care of it no 
Because the principal, yeah, the principal, it's crazy. Um, so Amari says that normally she's not a fan of music that doesn't have a beat. I mean, if I can't bounce along to it, I'm just not interested. And I was like, did Amari say that, or did Bayana say that? I'm confused. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm I mean, I yeah, I'm like bass is important to me. I was gonna say, like, you you mean what? You mean what? Yeah, when um, I hear bounce, I hear very important New to Orleans. me. Um, especially in a car, I need it needs to it needs to thump. You need to feel something. Uh, I need to feel it. There's something nice about the soft little voice that um, Amari hears. It's just so nice, and the melody is so catchy. She opens her eyes, or her eyes open to the bluest eyes hovering above her. Blink a couple of times, and Agent Fiona leans back a little bit, a big grin spreading across her face. There ye are. She's awake. The next thing I know, Elsie is on top of me, hugging me and kissing my cheek like I just rose from the grave or something. Wait, did I? I'm so glad you're (laughs) Elsie. If you weren't, I don't know what I would have done. I love it. I love Elsie. I love Elsie, too. I I I love that Amari is like... She's acting like I almost died. And then she's like, well, wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> uh, I did. Um, was I buried? Was I? Uh, let the kid breathe. Will you laugh, Magnus? I also love that, like, we don't know exactly where Amari is, but she did just wake up from something that made them worried enough that Agent Fiona was hovering over her. Mm-hmm. And Elsie's like, nah, let me just jump on top of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, give her all the loving. That is a golden retriever energy, if I ever heard one. I love a good golden. Um, <laughs> so now that she's got a little space and Elsie's let her breathe, she looks around at what looks and feels like a hospital room. Uh, her mom, Renee, works in ho- works at a hospital, so she knows enough to know when she's inside of one, but there's no equipment. Um, the only thing that she sees is a lady in white in front of a microphone, and that's when it hits her. She... Um, She's the woman from the departmental presentations who sang that guy out of a coma. I've just been sung back to health. I love that. So she's like a siren, cool. basically. But like, like not instead of luring to death, you're death, luring to health. Like lures back to life. Like, yeah, she's like a, a a reverse siren. You think she no, she's a siren. She just uses her powers for good instead of but I think that there's also like, out is also a public good so I won't say uh, sirens are necessarily evil either but we've I've always seen them like I mean even if thinking back at like Black Panther um yeah Wakanda forever no, the more they kind of should the be more sirens the, to, I mean they lure them to their death but also just kind of make them do like well yeah I think there's a difference in that like uh, sirens are there's a compulsion so they're they're making you do the thing. They're making you want to do the thing, right? Or you're doing what they but, say. Like, where it's like if you're, here? I don't think it's exactly the same. Like I'm not saying it's I'm not saying it's different. I think it is. But like, she's compelling Amari. It's siren. To wake up. It's siren adjacent, or like within the family of siren. You know what I mean? Like I think it's in the thing, but I don't think that. Like it's not like like I think she's actually healing Amari, not just like making her wake up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So she, but she's compelling Amari's organs to heal or like her wounds oh, to maybe. heal. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I'm like, it's in the it's in the in the realm of possibilities of what we know about si- sirens. Well, no, I just mean like there there may be different kinds of sirens or different ways to do, you know what I mean? Like um 
and she's definitely human i believe i think it's just like that's her yeah because like the ability she's so, pro is a mer person whereas like this person doesn't seem like they are like a water yeah they're person. not part yeah. human they're like full human um but i would say that ability is within the the siren family yeah okay so everything comes back to her all at once and out of right out of her mouth moreau the black book dylan did you stop them wait elsie did you really breathe fire uh-huh. I love the priorities here. Right? Just like brain. Brain. I would like her brain. Is, her brain I love also going. like I would like ADHD representation. <laughs> Not she. Amari doesn't have ADHD that we know or that I could. I don't see a lot of it in her um, characterization so far. But that that moment of like all of these thoughts flood in my head, and I have no choice but to spit them out right now, <laughs> and y'all will catch up to me. Um, Elsie laughs. Sure did. It's not a full shift yet, but I think I'm finally starting the process. Um, and Agent Fiona says, as for the rest of us, we didn't do anything. By the time we tracked down the Jolly Roger, you were slept over the black book and the black key, and Dylan was unconscious inside a cage of lightning. Had a devil of a time getting him out. Um, the cage of lightning. was really tight. It's really tight. Especially the fact that she is unconscious. And like, and it's still holding. It's still holding. She, the only thing she decided to do was fight back, and her her illusion powers took over. The, they were like, "Bet you just want you do want to fight back? All right, we'll fight back the way that we think is best." Right. Um, Age of lightning. Then we won. I ask. Uh, we did. Said Agent Magnus. Thanks to you. Can I see my brother and Maria? I've got so much I want to say to both of them. They're still being operated on by the curse breakers, but we're hopeful. Um, Amari lays back on her pillow. Um, it was Dylan the whole time. I get a rush of emotion. It's Dylan the whole time. She gets a rush of emotion thinking about it, but couldn't even say what they all are. Um, Amari thinks that she should hate him for lying to her, but there's still a part of her that wishes that they could go back to when they were just friends. The Dylan and Dr. Underhill's office feels like a different person. And I want to say it's kind of because he was, because we saw that Dylan was compartmentalizing himself like, Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> um, and I think it's also fair for her to like mourn that it's like a thing that happens like yeah. in a lot of shows, but also or like in a lot of media, but also just like in general. In life. Somebody that you, in life, like you you someone you could try to or, steal your dog you and you're still like, damn, that was my best friend. <gasps> right. Like you're or like mourning what you thought you had, like what you Yeah, thought exactly. You yeah. You you think that like it's you're this one person and they that moment and those like experiences were great and then things switch up and you're like oh but those, those it's hard too away. right it's hard yeah, too exactly. whenever you, you have it you think you kind of take it for granted that you're like not for granted like you do appreciate it but you take for like granted like the amount of time you'll have to be around that person in that way like you like oh like i'm going to be able to be around this person for as long as we both live yeah. or whatever and then it's mm-hmm. like oh oh <laughs> it's that's, oh. Over, that's canceled that's done mm-hmm. yeah um Dr. Underhill was a paranoid fella, as any key holder has a right to be. He kept surveillance cameras all over his office. We've got the whole incident recorded. I just want to, like, say, she tried to, like, the the insurance policy for her and Dylan going off to find the black key was cell phone to Agent Fiona. And then, like, a ring camera is what they got. To- <laughs> not a ring camera. No, because the man is paranoid. So he had, like, multiple cameras. Then, I don't... Like, no, I'm saying like this guy was so paranoid. He had like a whole like security like corner room or something like a uh, what are those what are are those rooms called? A safe room. 
a safe room. He had a whole like security safe room with like monitors and like cameras picking up on all the things in his property. I really hate that that wasn't enough for for him. And in the end, he I still mean, ended up. For me, I'm like, how is the key holder not some level of magical, like where he couldn't have had something? Like he didn't even have like a well, trap. I think he probably was. Or a trap door or something somewhere? Like what? He, pro- what? he probably was, but. You know that the we know the bureau knows nothing about magicians. So yeah. how is he really to like defend himself? True. I'm just like I want to see. I want to see Morose say something about like, and he tripped up. He messed up my best pair of robes or something like. You know, like I want to know something happened. Probably like also the element of surprise because to Doctor Underhill, he thought probably thought Moreau was in Black Hill Prison, so he didn't know what was going on. He probably like as an illusionist, mm-hmm. he probably thought he was treating a patient or something, and then boom. Yeah. Nightmare. Yeah. Um, so this part I am upset about. Amari asks, where is Dylan now? And Agent Fiona and Magnus both frown a little bit. Sorry, that's classified information. Bitch, I I caught him. I'm the, I'm the reason you're in VIP. Wait, I did this. I'm the one selling all the records, as Portia said a couple of episodes ago. <laughs> like, what? Classified? What? Um... So Magnus says, don't go fretting over it. The day is saved. Not bad for your first day as junior agent. Amari's like, I'm a junior agent. I get the scholarship. And then here comes Chief Crow. That's right. Congratulations. Here to like, you know, walk in with the with the fun parts. After it's all, also, all said and done, and all, everything's been all wrapped up, here you come. But also, what I took this as, as uh, Director Van Helsing is getting like we've we've gone over demoted. his head like I, whether he demoted. got demoted or not he definitely this is no longer up to him like yes, he's got it's above him now. not only first of all he's got two magician children that he somehow <laughs> didn't know about that's suspicious even though it shouldn't be but you know what i mean he had no clue and then Escape one of them nervous. literally was magicians the magician's apprentice and stole the black book out from under his nose and framed his daughter when politicians are like i'm taking time off for family reasons or personal reasons <laughs> you know like in the background right now if they haven't already there's like convening something they're like you look what did what did uh the doctor i hate this to bring this up because it was very sexist but when the doctor told harriet jones she looks a little tired Oh yeah, and you know that they're like maybe you want to take a sabbatical for a personal reasons. You know, maybe uh maybe you need to tend to your oh. your home. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like like the whole thing is it's not that it's just that like both his, he found out the two of it they or the whole world found out the two of his kids are magicians. I think it's also that like Dylan did his best to besmirch Maria's name before it was all over. So as far as the public knows, Maria is still got a bad... So he's got multiple kids with bad names right now. Mm-hmm. It's not just that, like, he's got, like, one kid. And Laura didn't pass. And Laura didn't pass. You got three disappointments. He's got, he's got a lot to... It's the biggest disappointment because then a, a 12-year-old showed him up in an investigation. Come on. A 12-year-old. Let's talk about who's it. Who's not even a legacy. She's not even a legacy. And you weren't um, even going. You weren't even going to like bring her in. Make her an agent. Just demoted agent. her down to trainee. So all I'm saying is some investigations need to happen, and yeah, uh, talk about it. Definitely should be making the decisions. So that's that's like when I saw Chief Crow wrote, like walk in. That's I mean that was my thought. Is like my thing is like, but my, I wish like I wish Chief Crow showing up meant actual accountability and not. Oh yeah, no, another, she was definitely just there for like the, for, yeah, yeah. No, she definitely was there to. PR. 
yeah to have a big it's like i thought like she's like the lady with the big check yeah to come in you know just, <laughs> like it's not like an actual like oh, ribbon cutting ceremony yeah like it's now that i'm part of it i'm gonna make sure everything gets taken care of no nah, you're just here to scrub everything over and put a pretty like paint everything all pretty cut and wrap it all up it's all fine now now i'm good yeah um so she asked um chief crow if She's mad that uh, she went after the Black Key. And Chief Crow says, as you el- so eloquently explained to Agent Fiona, you were only a trainee, so you weren't technically a member of the Bureau yet. Oh, they grumbled and groaned for six hours straight at the emergency session of the Supernatural World Congress, but no one could crazy. fault your logic. However, I do hope you'll take something like this to an adult in the future. She she did, though. Multiple times. And Multiple you arrested times. him. Actually was, she was actually, yeah, first of all, the adult that you had. She did, but she went up the chain of command. She was coming to you and was thwarted. Mm-hmm. So that's on y'all. Exactly. And again, and maybe it'll come up in the, the investigation into Van Helsing. <laughs> and let's talk about the fact that Amari's logic stood up to the greatest leaders in their world. Mm-hmm. They couldn't argue with her logic on the greatest court in their universe. All right. Um, so um magnus like what in the world were you thinking um and then (laughs) amari goes i was following that look you gave me when director van helsing accused you of letting the hybrids in um magnus says that was a help agent fiona get the black key look not a go save the world on your own look now sir how are you gonna communicate all of that in a look i need a i need a um a guide on your looks then you know there's no no we need a, a lookbook a lookbook. When, yes. Exactly. We need literally. Um, Amari bites her lip and says, "You might want to work on your looks in." And then <laughs> Agent Fiona laughs and says, "I'm with Peters. It's like I'm always telling you things um, would go a lot better if you only put a little more effort into your looks." I think that mm-hmm. is personal now. I think we're getting away from investigation. The fact that she tugged his beard <laughs> and into it's date night. She tugged and you have she tugged his beard. At- yeah, she was like, this right here? I've been told you how it felt when you scraping up my legs with your beard now. Oh my gosh. Do what you gotta do. So, we're gonna leave that one alone. That seems like we're no longer <laughs> in um, bureau business. <laughs> <laughs> Later in the evening, everyone's cleared out of the room, and she gets a visit from the last person in the world she expects. Mama. They finally decided finally to let her mama know what was going on. All it took was her baby girl saving the universe and her son could, when the adults in a situation would not follow and heed her questioning mm-hmm. that answered. Also, like, not knowing where she was. Your kid is. When they were supposed to be sitting there she had, she had to face down the biggest menace to the universe on her own. Um, so mama, her mom runs over and says, baby girl, I'm glad you're all right. When they called me to say you were recovering from something called severe post-magic overexertion, I didn't know what to think. Um, yeah, because I would have been like, oh, then, some what? I never heard of this. I didn't even know magic existed. It don't matter. Well, though, though, if she had overexerted herself. <laughs> right? So then Amari's like, I can't even believe they let you visit me. And um, mama responds, 
I can't pretend to understand half the things I saw on the way down here. There was a man with no face in the elevator with me, but face and no face, face or no face, nothing was going to keep me away from my daughter. And it's like, yo, that's a mama. That's a mama. It was why you should have been told her what was going on from jump. Um, Charles and says, I, they also said you found Quentin. Um, she nods and then mama says, oh man, you're going to make me cry. Um, and then they hold each other crying and laughing. I'm like, not only does Mama Peters get a phone call being like, your daughter is in a hospital, but also she, she overexerted her magic. I'm sorry, her what now? Mm-hmm. Oh, and also we found your son. And he- well, She found your son. It's also in the magical <laughs> world. <laughs> But right. like the reason why she over- magically overexerted herself is because she found she was out trying to find your son and then she succeeded. Yep. So there's also that he's in a coma though. She's she's okay, but he's in a coma. So yeah, this is a this is a good news yeah. bad news situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Quentin's room is located in the ICU of Department of Supernatural Health, aka the Intense Curses Unit, which I love instead of like intensive care, intensive curses. Mm-hmm. Um, the curse breakers were able to revive Maria, but Quentin hasn't woken up. The senior curse breaker explained that he'd done all he could and now it's just a matter of waiting. Brother could wake up tomorrow or he might never wake up. Doesn't know what to do with um, her hands when Laura Van Helsing runs over and throws her arms around me. Even though it's just a hug, it feels dangerous coming from her because Laura's still Laura. Cause it is. Because what the heck? Hey, why are you touching me? Who gave First you permission to why touch me? Why are you me? touching me? Come on. Um, uh-uh. Thank you for bringing my sister back, Laura says. I know I'm probably the last person you want to talk to, but thanks anyway. Like, how about you say I'm she sorry? Even, yeah, I was like, she doesn't even apologize. Um, it's all this is not about... sufficient for you to talk. I, there's not sufficient for you to, reason for you to touch me. Nope. There's no sufficient reason for you to really be talking to me either, let's be honest. So Amari no. says, gives her a small smile because I told you I'd do it. I, like, I'm hoping that that small smile was also a petty smile. And a lot right. of, I said what I said. And probably a little awkward, too. Like, I don't know why we're having this conversation. Maybe you'll think twice next time you try to step to me, because what you just did was not, like, you. I know you know that had I seen you trying to come with me with your arms out, I would have put, I would have snuffed that out real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, You're only here by by lack of my uh, readiness to bat you away. That's the only reason you're this close. Laura nods and says about that, I had no idea. And Amari says he fooled all of us. And then Laura's eyes turn sad and she runs back up the hall towards her mom. I'd have called after her, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. And you're not uh, forgiving. I wouldn't say anything else to the girl. I'm like, she'd rest know not to come step around me no more. Because that lightning cage that her brother got, she can get worse than that. <laughs> that how you without saying you are sorry and showing some remorse. And you're going to be with your brother. You know that I, I now I know <laughs> my capacity I know I can do a lightning cage without a trying. So try me. Try me. Try me. Try Jesus. Don't try Amari Peters. Don't try me. Um, so they go into Quentin's room and find him resting peacefully on the fluffiest pillows you can imagine. Maria sits in a chair beside the bed holding his hand. And when she um, notices him, she stands. Maria Van Helsing, she extends a trembling hand. Can't get over how much prettier she looks in person. Do y'all think? There is an agent Magnus, uh, agent Fiona thing going on between Quentin and, and Maria. 
The way she's blushing, making it look suspicious. Holding his hand and then blushing when they come in. The way she's blushing, making it suspicious. (laughs) Noodle on it and get back to us. Just think about it. Keep going. There's more, there's more, there's more. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, thank you, Maria says to Amari. So sorry um, that it was me who woke up and not Quentin. The curse breakers think it's because he was giving off more of his life, life essence. So I'd have to give up less. Aha. Uh-huh. Come on. Hello. But I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, that, that's another clue to. Uh... Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, it's just like him to try to one up me like that. I'm skin, giving a personal grooming look at your appearance, your looks. Um, <laughs> that's Quentin Amari says softly, never lets anyone beat him in anything. Maria smiles and relaxes a little bit. Mama says, There's nothing to be sorry for, sweetheart. I'm sure your family's happy to have you home again. She doesn't know what she really means, but it's okay. That's nice. I think that's what she, I mean, I think she gives off like a good, like, sure. She doesn't think that Maria should be sorry. Yeah. However, her family being happy to have her back. Mama Peter don't know her family is trash. I don't I don't care what your family cares about, honestly. I wish my son was back. But okay. I I will I'm gonna make it. Mama Peters might be thinking she comes from a nice wholesome home like theirs. She don't know. She don't know the depth of their depravity. She just saw the sister hug Amari. She just saw Laura hug Amari. She thought she don't know. She didn't hear her say sorry for how I treated you. Exactly. She'll find out. she'll find out. Are you the reason Mama gets to come down here? Amari asks Maria, and Maria flushes again and nods. My family pulled some strings to get special permission. After Dylan, it's really the least we could do. After you treated Amari all freaking Maria was asleep. Look, y'all need some people need to find out real quick, <laughs> real quick. Y'all want to know all the things that happened because once now you thought you can know, I'm gonna let everything come out. We're gonna tell everybody everything that happened. We're not gonna be half doing this. Let's get the full story out here so we can move accordingly. Portia okay? said less than top of spray <laughs> on oh the God. Van Helsing clan. Um, do you want to talk to Quentin? Maria asked. What do you mean? That's what I was doing when you came in here. My supernatural ability. No, I'm sorry. There's no point in pretending anymore. It's really just a simple bit of blood magic that allows me to communicate telepathically with anyone I'm touching. If I'm touching two people at once, those two people can also speak telepathically. You go first. Um, real, I thought if it's this was blood interesting. Magic, why can't you just tell Amari how to do it? Well, I think she could show. I think it's probably more because I don't know if Amari can use blood magic. I yeah. guess it's not yet. I think we learn more in the next book about a little bit more about like magic, different kinds of magic, and, and like and what people can use or whatever. Their affinities. Um, yeah, yeah, because that part is still not completely clear. But also, I think it's interesting mm-hmm. that like this is a kind of blood magic like if you hear the phrase blood magic it sounds a little like creepy and nefarious but of course you hear about like what's his name actually literally drinking blood so then you're like it seems like this yeah um then you're like okay this maybe seems like not the branch of magic i want to get into but if it allows you to do like telepathy like that's actually kind of cool um Mm -hmm. and then also like on the other side of it of i'm curious about because, like, Maria, clearly, she decided that, like, that was going to be what she, I guess, touted as her supernatural ability, um, was, like, that specifically. And so I'm curious, like, how you decide. Telepathy? Which, 
yeah, like that particular like magic that she can do, like how she decided like that's the one she's gonna let people know she can use or whatever. Um, and then also like what other abilities she has that she would just have to keep hidden. You know what I mean? I mean, we kind of thought talked about it a little bit. Um, oh no, I don't think we. Oh yeah, we did. Um, with Dylan like choosing or showing people that he was like lucky or was it, no mm-hmm. aim. It aim. It was, yeah, it was it was marksmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, marksmanship, but um, and not like something with technology, especially knowing that they don't they did, actually didn't know nothing about tech magic. Um, mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's like I feel like the tech magic would have been like him trying to uh, that would have exposed him. Yes, I'm saying technical ability would have exposed them because no one they haven't heard of it before. So that would have been something yeah. that he would have decided not that he could. He could he he probably, I feel like they probably would have talked it over. Like I feel like he and Maria probably would have talked it over, or he and the uncle, or they would have talked about it before they. Yeah, I mean, I guess it might well, be just like technology is too new, as opposed to like um, Elsie being like a master inventor, like in the. 14, 1500s, that might have meant that she invented like steam power or something like that. Um, so it's like, I think it might just be, it might have been too specific. Um, well, I, I assume that it would have just been, no, I think that it would have just made some of the moves that he had to make under, it would have made him harder for him to be undercover. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, yeah. Like if you're using like, tech like, magic, if you're using magic, right? If you know that, yeah. if you know that he can use that, that he has that ability and can do it, then when those things start happening, you're, you're like, going to be you suspicious like, of mm. whatever the passwords get tapped. Yeah, those, exactly. Okay. And the wards are brought down, like all of that stuff. So I think mm-hmm. it made more sense for him to just hide that completely. Completely. That's true. Um, You go first. You go first. Uh, Amari tells her mom. Marie takes Quentin's hand again, and then she takes Mama's hand. Mama gasps, and then come the waterworks. I try to focus on something else so they can have their moment. But Maria meets my eyes while Quentin and Mama talk. I'm sorry about my brother. Maria whispers, I feel like this has been all my fault. I should have seen him for what he was and not who I wanted him to be. I also love the fact that she can do, like, she can multitask while she's letting them have their conversation. She's, she's, like she's not she's like in their compartmentalizing. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I'm going to come up, like, this is my brain, like, my, I'm actively going to be having a conversation with Amari, and I'm not going to be listening in on the conversation happening in my head between these two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you can hear them in the background chattering, but she's not actually like tuning into it. Yeah. Aw. Maria seems like a good egg. Um. Well, perhaps I'm sus- again suspicious. <laughs> she's trying to make a good, probably she's good like, face in front of his family. Her last name is Van Helsing, and Portia don't trust it. Um, so, um, Amari asks if Maria knew about him being a born magician, and she says, I taught him how to keep his magic a secret from the rest of the family. At some point, he started keeping secrets from me, too. What makes being a born magician so special? It's like Dylan and I are connected somehow, um, is what Amari asks, and Maria's expression saddens, it rolls against me explaining, and then she produces a card out of thin air. Keep this on you and don't let anyone see it. As long as you have it, they can come to you. Um, and it says International League of Magicians. I just want to say, at this point, I kind of feel like I wish she would be like, damn the rules. 
Yeah. Right. Like just see how what that means real quick. But she hasn't been through yeah. everything Amari's been through. Like she's been in a been coma for oh, she doesn't even know oh, what her... Amari's been through. Yeah, so exactly. Know, so yeah. it's harder for her to like like if this was Magnus talking about there's rules, I'd be like, sir, be for real. Um <laughs> right. but yeah, I kinda get why she's but then also like I don't know. It's it's interesting though that there's a whole I just feel like she's also we also saw Amari like blatantly being like, "Oh yeah, tech magic," you know, to Magnus, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it also feels like in <clears throat> like we were talking about with like the black book and the black key, and how the rule is that like the bureau can't have the book because it has the key, or vice versa. I can't remember um, the key. It can't have the key because that's a book, and it's like the actual goal of that rule is that those two things do not are not brought together, and it feels like the goal of the rules around magicianship is so that non-magicians don't have too much information, but like you would want a magician to have the information. So mm-hmm. anyway, it also makes sense for them not talk about it. Not, she's not in, but she has yeah. there's ears. Like she's not in a space where she can just talk to Mark yeah. freely. She's like mm-hmm. the hospital ward and yeah. Quentin and her mom are like right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so even the supernatural world has its secret societies. Maria says they'll find you when the moment is right. Um, Amari's head spins at the idea that there's a whole organization of magicians out there that not even the bureau knows about, and it makes her wonder if Dylan knew about them and what he thought about it. She thinks of Elsie, her real friend, and decides okay. to ask the question she wanted to get an answer to. Was Vanquish really breaking up? Dylan said you didn't get along and that you were fighting and you really wanted to be a training agent like Fiona. Maria raises an eyebrow, and I answer my own question. Amari says, Dylan said whatever it took to make you out to be the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. <laughs> Maria gives yeah. a sad nod. Although I did put in my train- training agent transfer pa- papers, Quentin was going to transfer as well. When we graduated from junior agent training, we agreed five years as field agents and then five years as training agents. And at the end, we'd stick with the one we liked best. We, as a unit. Mm-hmm. As partners. Sounds like a plans. The clue number three, mm-hmm. making plans as on plans for future about when and where we're going to be doing our life journeys. Mari <laughs> um, then asked, did you know about Quentin talking to Director Horace about you? And Maria says, Dylan was still in classified files using my security codes and Quentin found out. It's actually what Quentin and I were meeting to discuss when we were taken. That's how you know. I'm just, this is why, again, this is, I keep bringing this up because I'm an older sister and this is like the disrespect because, like, you could have gone after our father. You could have used his codes. Come on. They would have more clearance than hers does. Why would you not? That would have been even more rebellious to go after him. But you're taking your stuff out on me because I'm more convenient to take stuff out on and I don't appreciate it, honestly, as an older sister. It's probably because she didn't give him those limited edition kicks. So she asked if it's Amari asked if it's weird that she still misses Dylan a little, even though he lied over and over. And Maria says, if it is, and I'm just as weird, maybe some good can still come of this. Dylan can't hurt anyone where he's going. And now that I've been outed as a magician, I promise you won't have to be alone anymore. We'll do it together. I love that because I think like even though Maria's been asleep this whole time, like there is a lot of like stuff that Maria and Amari can connect over. And then it also mm-hmm. gives like a, 
you losing your little brother to Blackstone Prison because he's a criminal. criminal. Um, I was going to say super villain. Um, same thing. <laughs> uh, but you're getting a little sister, you know, or you're still getting those connections. She's trying to and make then... inroads for her to be her, that her be her sister-in-law. Yep. That's yeah, what she's she trying is. to do. And that, and then for Amari, even though she doesn't, she may not be aware of the sister, impending sister-in-law. But like, you know, you're losing your magician friend, but you're gaining someone who's not only a magician friend, but can also be like a mentor because they've they've been there, done that. Um, so then it's Amari's turn to talk to Quentin. Chicken Little comes Quentin's voice in her head. Look at that, that's so cute. Um, how's it going? Is all I can think to say. Oh, you know, just having the best nap ever. <laughs> I like Quentin. He's so silly. Um, and she asks if he's okay or if he's hurting, and he says, "I'm dreaming." Remember how I always said I wanted to go bass bass fishing? Yes. And you would tease me that nobody under fifty goes fishing. Yeah, because it's true. True or not, I'm in the middle of a big white lake with my feet kicked up on the edge of a boat, and I could get used to relaxation like this. And Amari says, "Only you would dream about fishing." He's a country boy. That's what country does. Some country boy behavior right there. She's like, we live in down, like near downtown Atlanta. Like we are in the <laughs> that south. Is boy behavior. You're not in the country. No, no. Come on, man. Southern Southern boys. There's some like some like Southerners. Even if you live in the city limits, like you know, you have country cousins. The nature call to be knowing about that country life, and you just want to be chilling out on your boat. Mm. You might live in the city limits, but your your heart is with the country. <laughs> um. So Quentin says, "You don't know what you're missing." Magnus came by earlier. And told him about um, Amari being a magician like Maria and about all the things you've had to deal with since you've touched the crystal ball. I never meant to throw you into a situation like that. And I love that, like, his first thing is to be like, that was not a part of the plan. Um, I I mean, I can feel that, too, because, like, how would he know his sister was a magician? Yeah. He thought, you know, you'll get some, like, super genius aptitude like I got. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, he also probably didn't realize that he'd be I don't I think we talked about this like he probably he didn't realize he'd be missing when she you know went through the process or hadn't planned on her yeah. being missing when um she gets into the bureau he had the cases for just in case yeah you know but he, they weren't like the they weren't the only way she was probably going to get invited in he had other you know ways means yeah um mm-hmm. It's cool. If I didn't come to the bureau, then I never would have found you. Amari tells him, should have known if anyone could, it be you. You've always been amazing, sis, and you did this all on your own. Um, And Amari says, I don't like doing things on my own. It's scary, and I never know if it'll work out. And Quentin says, that's part of growing up, Amari. You don't need me anymore. As long as you bet on yourself and believe you can do anything you can, that's why I need you to make me a promise, okay? Mama told me how obsessed you were with finding me. Promise me you won't spend your life beside this bed waiting for me to wake up, go out and do and see everything. That's what I want for you. Be as great as I know you can be. When I do wake up, and I will, I expect to hear lots of stories. And like, it's just so cute. BRB, let me change my MVP. Because <laughs> from, from the beginning, Quentin. But also, like, I'll say that um, also, Quentin, this conversation um like I really do appreciate that this uh, like this is for all the k- people who have lost someone um and there was no moment to talk to them you know after they've gone 
-hmm. Like, this is like an opportunity for her to speak to Quentin. And he's comatose, and there's a possibility that he might be not not may uh, may not be able to recover um, and be who he was before once he comes if he comes out. But like through Maria, they're given the opportunity to get to speak to him, and he's still he's coming from it from like a place of like I'm gonna do my best to come back to y'all. But in the meantime, I need y'all to not be sitting here waiting for me, and that takes like he it just shows a lot about his character like like throughout the story the story has been about amari's love for him and how good he is as a character we've been seeing it reflected through many different people um and then even when it came to him being in this life-threatening situation he gives off energy to protect his partner rather than like try to like level it out so they both have the similar same opportunity to come out he's he takes the bullet he bites the bullet so it's like Quentin has always been a stand-up guy and it shows how much Amari not only has like been shown how to be a good person throughout her brother's and her mother's efforts, but also like um, how she's been taught how to care and the way that Quentin cares and Quentin cares hard. He doesn't care just halfway. He cares like all the way. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a sweet thing to catch here. And I was also thinking about the fact that, like, Mama Peters works at a hospital, and they say, we we hear, like, earlier in the book about how they always knew, and this has to, I assume, come from her, of, like, if you can help, even if you don't have a lot, like, you give what you can, and you do what you can, and so it's, like, a just, she just comes from a family of carers, um, and I think that, like, Mama Peters played a large role of that, and with Quentin and then she gets it from both Mama and Quentin and so it's just a part of that like Peter's pride legacy type of thing to to care and like give fully um yeah and I think it's a good parallel too to like the first or not first chapter but like early chapter when um she's able to open the briefcase and like he's like there's this whole world out here something may have happened to me but i want you to experience this world or whatever so it's like the same thing now where like before that was like a recording or an imprint of him and like this is like him for real and it's still the same like he's very uh consistent yeah which also goes to show to like when i mean Magnus wasn't wrong, but when Magnus kept telling her, like, Quentin wouldn't want you to put yourself in danger for him or, you know, what Quentin would do. And it was like, but Quentin would also, like, do the right thing. And she knew that, like, in her bones when she was Mm -hmm. trying to, like, emulate kind of, like, her brother. And not that he would want her to put herself in danger, but, like, he's going to do what he can to care for people, giving out more energy and things like that. Um versus um, always playing it safe. Like, as her older brother, yes, he wants her to be safe, but he doesn't want her to, like, play it safe, you know? Yeah. But also, I would say for Clinton, um, I feel sad for Clinton that his impulse for protection of people is to, like, on the grenade like he's like a Mm. steve rogers kind of character like where he like his the ultimate bravery for him is throwing himself on top of the thing and it's like i need you to have a bit more self-preservation i need you to have just a little something because like 
yeah, you care that much about people and you want to make sure that they're all right. But something you've, you've like you going away does not make their life better. And so you got to think about that too. Like you got to think about how like you being there and available is just as important as you like jumping on the grenade. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In celebration of eight years of BNC, we've launched our Batty Road Trip Patreon campaign. Help us reach our goal of $1,000 a month in Patreon support by becoming a patron at any tier and stay tuned for fun content, community events, and more all summer long. Head over to www.patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate. Here on Wizard Team, it's no surprise that we love books. We also love supporting the independent bookstores. With our bookshop affiliate link, you can not only get all the books on your TBR, but you can support indie bookstores and BNC at the same time. And if you're not sure what you want, that ain't no problem. Check out our The Plot Thickens list full of recommendations from none other than Portia herself. Head to www.bookshop.org slash shop slash create to treat your shelves. Treat your shelves. Oh, that's that's nice. That's cool. Oh, my goodness. That's clever. Mama has to stop by her job on the way home. Um, she's worried she might get in trouble for missing a couple of days, but um, because now they're in the like debt of, or because the bureau is in their debt, kind of. Chief Crowett called the president of the hospital. Not only is it okay, she's even getting paid for the time she missed. And I like the dichotomy of like how they're being treated right now versus how they were Before. treating Mari. The yeah. Whole time. Now they're like rolling out the red carpet. <laughs> also, but again, it's also it's yeah. the thing of like but also what they had the capability to do the whole well, time. Yeah. They could have they could have taken care of her this whole time. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing since, is since like, they lost Quentin. And that's the thing is like, remember, like Crow is the one who told her that like she has to prove that she belongs. And so the way that she's she the way that she was able to like able to the way she was kind of in some ways, like I obviously she would have confronted Moreau and Dylan regardless, because her main goal in thought and priority is saving her brother. But also it took all of that for them to be like, oh, okay, like she's fine. She can stay here. She can become the uh she can become a junior agent she belongs here and all that kind of stuff and so the fact that she had to like literally risk her life to do that is messed up she had to defeat the the magician that no one's been able to get rid of for thousands of years Mm -hmm. plus capture the apprentice that was about that was unleashing him plus make sure that his plot to bring back the second most Mm -hmm. oldest villain magician ever like and like it's just that's proving yourself? What did you do to preserve to be the director? Tell right. me what your journey was, because I'm yeah. confused. Um, and so I agree with that. I also think it's like interesting too that like you said, like they could have been doing this all along. Like they even if they couldn't or decided, not couldn't, they decided not to tell Mama Peters about Quentin. They couldn't be sending her his paycheck or giving her a lump sum or saying like he was you know i don't know what they um i forget what they couldn't have put them in accommodation that's a job they weren't sure you know 
like we're not sure what's happening with your son being disappeared, but because he's gone, we want to make sure that you're not next. Let's put you in witness protection and make sure something, you're okay. Yeah. And we'll make sure that you're something. You or like your I job saw the back. story about Quentin and the papers and you know the Bureau of Half Truths and Cover Ups. Like I met that young man and he really touched me or whatever. Here's a donation you know, or in his memory or whatever. Like they, they could have been doing more than they did for the, for them. Mm -hmm. And we see how easily they're able to do this now. So while um, Mama Peters is in the hospital, Amari walks over to a supernatural newsstand tucked inside an alleyway, which is like hilarious because now she has her like second sight so she can see all of these like nooks and crannies that she didn't see before. Right. And Um, she did. And she never like leaves her like this new world. Like, it's yeah just- she like gets the site goes to the bureau and stays at the bureau so this is her first time now like outside of that she's outside and with- she's like she can both interact with like the thing the things and the people that she knew beforehand but now also just sees this like extra thing so it's like oh i can go buy a copy of harper's bazaar or whatever um and i also love it that it's harper's bazaar but it's it's bizarre bizarre like, like yeah like weird and not bizarre like Shopping, shopping place yeah <laughs> um so she you think that she'd get some slack on the price because um amara's face is on the cover of so many magazines but it makes the hobgoblin charge her double which is rude Use can obviously it. afford that big shot like use like i don't get paid i'm a junior agent. let me tell let me tell you how you would think they would give me that benefit right nah i'm not getting nah, you don't know me you're a hobgoblin. You want to tell me you've never been t- been turned crooked by the bureau? I know you have. I know. I you have. get an apology from the Van Helsing. <laughs> you paid. And every single one of owes me an apology. Even Maria, all of them owe me an apology. Have Maria apologized. No. Everybody else didn't. Yeah. Of, on behalf. Yeah. Of her crappy yeah. family. Um. She sits under a shaded bench under a tree. The magazine that caught her eye has her and Maria's faces on the cover and beneath the headline, The Good Magicians. It's proof that at least some people are rethinking how they feel about us. May I sit here? Ask an older man in a dark blue suit. He's got messy salt and pepper hair and a handlebar mustache. Um, Lovely weather, isn't it? He tells Amari. I guess so. Maybe if it wasn't this hot, wouldn't be so bad if I was on the beach, right? We're just talking about Moreau and him being a freaking older man and predatory behavior. And here, like, and um, Amari is definitely like stranger danger, keeping it very cute, very short. Yeah. Right. So the guy snaps his fingers, and suddenly the bench isn't next to the hospital. It's sitting on white sand, leading to a clear blue ocean that stretches out to the horizon. The sun sets behind us, and a cool wind whips across her face. Better? Uh, no, sir. You just abducted me <laughs> after I've been abducted. First of all. I am a child. No, not better. Um, Amari turns and looks at the man and says, are you from the League of Magicians? <laughs> she's like, she's like, because uh, I'm not about to play with y'all. meeting that she's been waiting for. Because I'd have been like, listen, too soon. You should have just introduced yourself first. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like, say something before you start, like, changing the scenery magicking me off to a whole new place can my mama see me am i actually that's what i was gonna, that's what I was gonna say i'm like let me let me that we're at the beach and my mama can come actually on. still come get me or did you take my ass to the beach because that's what i was gonna i was like i don't know where you come from how y'all do it but all i know is if my mama can't see me i'm in trouble after all i went through yep. and what she heard is getting her baby back 
you're, you're gonna we're both gonna have a problem not just me we both gonna have problems you know you me. know that her mama was like okay granted it is hot you do not have to sit in this car while i go talk to my boss but you better stay in eyesight you best be my line of vision when i come around here right i best be able to see you 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 i'm trying to get me in trouble with my mama i just my got mama. I, just, I just got out of trouble come on sir so he dips his head. This man's name is Cosimo <laughs> Galileo Leonardo de Pazzi. But his friends or his colleagues call him Cosmo. He's like, listen. It's a lot of names. And I don't know <laughs> if y'all know about this. Cosmo. But I've heard the more names, the less trustworthy the person. Where did you hear this? I don't know, in my brain. It just felt oh. right. <laughs> It's, it's, I don't know if it's just that if you have like multiple first, first names, names you don't trust problem. anyone with two first names. I agree with that as well. Even though now people are like, oh, Jordan's a first name. Jordan is not a first name. Jordan is the last name. And then some dude was good at basketball and y'all kept calling, naming your babies after him. But that ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> I mean, ain't got nothing to do with me and the, and the people who dude. enslaved my ancestors. I mean, I know that's right. I'm not going to act like we don't have the same ancestors, but I'm just saying this is funny. <laughs> don't judge me with two first last names all of a sudden. I'm in that. I'm not in that. I'm not in that. I mean... I'm making last names first names then. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> his colleagues call him Cosmo and his ancestor helped Vladimir create the spell you conjured to save yourself the other day, Knights of the Round. Is that what happened? I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, that was going to say, she was, in her, she was in her armor and stuff. Definitely yeah. giving Arthur. So it says, it's why your magic took over. Through sheer willpower and self-belief, you summoned all of your magic and demanded to take action. And my dear girl, it heeded your call. But I, this is my question. is like, if his ancestor helped Vladimir create that spell, and she didn't read about it, I guess we don't know if she read about it in Madame Violet's book. Was it well, one no, the black, it's in the black the book. So one of the oh, things the before black she, book, cast, she so she, she like her she demanded her magic. No, the black book was next to her. It flips open, okay. and then that's when the Amari spring out. So I don't oh, think okay. she like consciously used the spell, but because the black book was right next to her and she had all of her magic at her disposal, the magic was like, okay, what's the what's the closest thing we could use? Gotcha. And like, yeah. That is a handy magic. Like, like you. Yeah. Can, if there's a if there's a book in the vicinity that can tell me what to what like inherit subconsciously tell me how to fight the, or like how to handle the situation, it'll like flick through and give me the best option. And I yeah, like the I idea that, that like it's like, not if it's something that happens unconsciously. Then like you didn't create the spell. It's like you maybe have discovered or put a name to the spell and you know right. formalized it, but it's something that is like innate magic. But I guess if that makes sense, if the black book was open then it might have, like, channeled, the magic channeled, mm -hmm. or the magic has sentience. I don't know. I mean, I kind of like the idea of the magic being, like, slightly, in, I don't know that it's sentient, but, like, mm -hmm. of you not having to, like, train for it. Direct it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. she's not having to, like, know all the spells in order to fight. Like, she really is, really is, like, inherently within her. And I don't know if that's 100% if that's true for like all magic or if that's just if you're a born magician um that that's the it's case getting... but the idea that like her magic is still there and can protect her um regardless of like what she's learned her herself 
Yeah. Yeah. I th- but it's giving it's giving um anime magicians whenever mm. they have a book and they flip it open it just kind of like magically just pages over flip 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 and then a spell comes out and then it's an like um, anime spell shows up and then just takes everything out like it's giving anime magician and I love it. Well, I feel mm. like to me it wasn't more like it wasn't or the way that I'm understanding it. It's not that her magic is reading the book but more that the book is like recognizing the magic and the book has a little bit of magic too and is able to like help form it um in the absence of amari's conscious mind forming it which is mm-hmm. also a little bit scary because the black book got some dark stuff and or some, some not so great stuff in there as well and if I, I i have a thing about magic objects getting a level of like sentient or yeah independence that i don't love tardis being one it's, of them as well it's so it's like, ai it's with weird. magic and i don't like it I want to see it explored more, honestly, because it's it's kind of cool, like in the like, like in the ways of like that is dangerous of like storing your ad your passwords in one space. Like that's how that's dangerous and risky to do, but also very like convenient. And I feel like most of the times you see uh, spell books do something like that, it's out of convenience. Like the um, I think with the spell book from Hocus Pocus with the eye in it. And how it's like it's I the eye opens and closes and like interacts with the witches and whatever power struggle they're going through. And it's interesting to me. Like I don't think that we I've ever seen it really explored like very like thoughtfully, like how sentient spell books, um, how they form their connections with people and or what they do of giving too much connection or too little connection. Ooh. I feel like Portia might be writing a story about this. <laughs> I'll read Her it, chance. but I'm not Her happy chance. about the <laughs> implications here. It literally gives me magic AI, and I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, okay, so um, Amari uh, thinks about um, if the smaller snake in the constellation with Director Horace was actually her own magic. It was separate because it was acting on its own, responding to what I wanted and how I felt. Unstoppable. Who are you guys? She asked Cosmo. Have you always been around? Cosmo wrinkles his brow. The terrible magicians the supernatural world has come to know these last seven centuries have all been newly made apprentices of Moreau. The League of Magicians, on the other hand, are the recipients of magic handed down through the years from a spare few of Vladimir's original apprentices. We exist entirely separate from the Bureau, although we have allowed the Van Helsing magicians into our ranks, the latest being Maria Van Helsing. Is she in trouble now that everyone knows she's a magician? You and Maria represent a situation the League has never dealt with, while many of us, including myself, have long advocated revealing ourselves to the Bureau and the rest of the supernatural world. The majority of our order still believe it's safer to continue to pose as ordinary people. But then perhaps you will tell us how to proceed. Um, And then she's like, why me? And then Cosmo says, or it could be Dylan Van Helsing. Um, The next two born magicians have both been identified. That makes it a brand new age. Like all the born, those born magicians that came before, your connection, be it as friends or rivals, has the potential to shape the world, child. Consider these words both a courtesy and a very dire warning. You are hereby invited to join the League of Magicians, Amari Peter. With all that's to come, I do hope you accept the invitation. And with a bow of his head, Cosmo shrinks into a bird and flaps away. 
So oh, first of back. all, he, he didn't he didn't flap away before bringing her back, back to the hospital, and then he flapped yeah, away. Yeah, um, so first, you know, I, here's the sequel, sequel, uh, <laughs> sequel bait. But also, y'all were like, okay, as soon as these born magicians are revealed, I don't care how old they are, they're about to de- determine our entire fate. That, that feels. Seems- Leaving the fate of the world. Here's my thing. He said, "This is this is a, like I'm already a, like again. I'm already always sus. When Mud throws the sus uh, flag on my radar, closer to more sus than less sus on this guy, is that he starts off with the like misdirect of, um, we're entirely separate from the bureau that we have allowed the Van Helsing magicians into our ranks. The latest being Maria, and then." brings it into but perhaps Dylan. So Dylan's not even part of your ranks. No. And yet you're gonna cite him as either being the one who leads you or Amari. But you don't even he's not even part of your ranks yet. You haven't even like interacted with the boys what you're telling me. No. Nope. And yet like we'll see. Maybe he'll lead us. If you won't. Like And right? the idea that like obviously the two of them have very different ideologies, ideologies. and like outlooks. <laughs> And he's like, either way, you know, I'm good either way. Yeah. And I think one thing that is really interesting and um, spoiler alert, there is a second book, Amari and the Great Game. But like one thing that's really interesting about it, too, is that when she asked about if they'd get in trouble because they've now been outed and he's like, you know, there's been some discussion. (laughs) Um, Mm. I personally think we should be public. And then some other people in our ranks think we should stay silent and it's it it gives me this like moderate thing where it's like you got to stand for something at a certain point mm-hmm. um and it feels like they're pushing the responsibility off on like the born magician which is something that i would really like to like understand a little bit more of in terms of but like, it's also hilarious it's like like it's like how this is like for, and for insight into my brain when i'm being indecisive i'm like oh let me put it to someone else to make a decision for me because yeah. like i can't i can't so let's just do that and they're like so you put off decision making on whether or not y'all should be out or not on the next time born magicians are introduced to the world and it just so happens that these two 12 year olds are like now known to be born magicians and that's when you're ready to lay the fate of whether y'all will be out and proud and doing what uh, proudly being like awful or good on these two kids who were just forced into like Amari Amari doesn't know anything about this world and like if she would have known she needed to hide being a magician, she might have done it. Because, like, she, there's no way that she would not have known that she needed to hide herself. And then Dylan was hiding this whole time. And you only know about him because he just showed up with Moreau. Like, so what? Are, what is really, truly happening with the magicians? Like, am I supposed to trust the society who does not seem to have it together and is instead throwing decision-making onto my back and I'm 12? Like, I should trust you? Yeah. It's like, I, you, I'm looking to you for guidance. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's now my decision. I think it's also interesting, um, or I thought this, this like, part stood out to me, is that he says, um, the terrible magicians of the supernatural world have been newly made apprentices of Moreau, 
The League of the Magicians, on the other hand, are the recipients of magic handed down through the years from a spare few of Vladimir's original apprentices. So it kind of also sets up the fact that, like, Vladimir may not have been as bloodthirsty as Moreau. We don't, you know, this is... But he also ain't nothing either, because why right. is y'all decision-making still coming down to some, like, <laughs> Vladimir didn't put any infrastructure into place for y'all to have any decision-making capability. Right. Well, I don't think Vladimir founded the League. I don't I think, think it was that's what I'm saying. I don't think he like... founded, it, founded it either. But, but it I also don't was... know that it... I also don't know that it means... But he ushered in the people who could do it. Yeah, but We're I also don't know that, that the means that Vladimir the... was... I was gonna say, I don't think that means that Vladimir is better than Moreau or that Moreau was more bloodthirsty. It could just be that, like, Vladimir died thousands of years ago, right? Like, that's a lot of time for those magicians to, like, evolve in their views when they don't have bruh, like, hanging over them the whole time. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, Moreau's apprentices, apprentices had Moreau with him. So he's very much steering their direction um in a way that like vladimir's apprentices wouldn't have had so even if the first one were kind of wild like as they you know they could have been diluted as they go on yeah it's kind of giving stories it's kind of giving sith like this this what they have like one master and one apprentice it's kind of giving that well and my my thought process not that like vladimir is um less wild than moreau or anything like that but like my thought process is just that like the league of magicians have already kind of made a distinction right like the like the terrible magicians and he calls them terrible he doesn't have to say like mm-hmm. the, the magicians that you've read about or like the known you know what i mean are the magicians that have caused the most controversy or the controversial magicians right like terrible is a very much like a negative statement so it feels to me like the league of magicians have put some sort of categorization or separation between vladimir apprentices and moreau's apprentices already so if you're willing to do that right like moreau's apprentices are not uh, invited to join the league i'm assuming um then why aren't you willing to then take a stand or like make some (laughs) make some Mm -hmm. more like structure you know what i mean that's what i was getting at not that like they're inherently good or evil, but just that like they've already kind of put some delineation between the two types of magicians. Yeah. Um, so why not go even further and and Portia's like Portia was saying, like, why are you waiting for 12 year olds to then make this determination? Your next right? move. Like, yeah. Yeah. So um, and also they've had like like if Moreau was thousands of years old. Then they've had like what thousands of years to get it together mm-hmm. at least yeah like at least 500 so you know whenever if vladimir died not too long ago but not too long ago it was like only 400 years ago like what are we doing no i think he died before because i think abraham van helsing is the one who killed him like he was the one who yeah that that ended so that war. Again, he died so at the, the start of the bureau yeah right so that's so much that's centuries yeah of you not knowing what you're gonna do until nah, two twelve year olds. They just they've, they've been, been vibing. They've, they've been, been kicking the can down the road. They're like we're all vibes, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's the part that makes me like not nervous, a little bit nervous, but also just intrigued about like what this means for Amari because like you cannot tell me that after 
centuries, you don't have some inkling or some leaning one way or the other because mm-hmm. your entire life you've been hiding. And so if mm-hmm. you are like what Cosmo says, um, many of us, including myself, have long advocated for revealing ourselves. So your Cosmo's an older, what did she say? Like he's like a fifth, he looks like he's in the fifties. Here's my thing. I like that. An older man, she doesn't say, but salt, messy salt and pepper hair and a handlebar mustache. Like this man has lived enough life that I would think. This, I he has his own agenda for sure. I have a, yeah, yeah or I, I have made up my mind. I'm not waffling between whether or not I want to be private. No, I don't or, think he's waffling. It's more a matter of going along with the crowd, but like I would, I would know if I disagree with this and I'm just yeah. falling in line. Or if I agree, you know what I mean? Like, I would have a strong opinion by this point. It's a red flag of these people clear, like, are clearly, like, have made peace with there not being a clear leadership or, like, um, centralization of, like, power within the ranks of being magicians, right? Like they've they've all agreed to not build someone being like a leadership a leader in a leadership structure of some sort because of multiple reasons. I will get into what those are in the next book whenever we end up talking about it. But it's like Amari has to be on a like red alert because if they've already made up their mind about like how they feel about the universe and how they want to move they're going to be using like no matter what dylan and amari are going to be set up to be pawns yeah like you're going to have grown adults using that you for your own their own ends because they've already decided how they want to do life and they're just going to use you to tip the scale into how things go next right because like if you take their reasoning moreau has made his stance pretty clear that he wants magicians out and proud and supreme over, you know, but like he doesn't think magicians should be in hiding. Right. So he's a born magician. Why aren't they listening to his directives? You know what I mean? And we don't really know what Vladimir thought, but it seems like they fought a war. So Vladimir was fine with being an out and proud magician. So that seems like if, if the, if the, onus is on like only a born magician can make this decision and the born magicians that are we're currently like in this old era since amari and dylan are ushering in this new era the old era was very clear be in the open and they decided to like ignore that so it it just it feels like there is a lot more underneath the surface going on yeah Um, yeah and it's like it's not looking good like your predecessors were these two awful people and it's like and it kind of like not to give them anything. They don't. They don't need to give them anything. But then it also makes you wonder, like, did they become so bad because like these magicians were like, okay, yeah, yeah, y'all lead. And then like, like when they made a decision, they're like, oh, actually, no, we're not gonna. Like, what do you? What do you go through as a person where you're like, everyone's waiting for me to lead, and then when you get to leadership position, they're like, actually, we don't want to listen to you at all. Like, we're good. Yeah, I don't know. But it also is like, I think we have to remember from how I understand it, all of these magicians, if you're not a born magician, you're in a, like you were given your power from someone else. Like a born magician, Vladimir or Moreau had an apprentice 
And then that apprentice decided whether or not he would make another apprentice or give a portion of his power. It's like all gifted. It sounds like vampirism, honestly. Yeah. Ooh, yes. Yes, it does. Um, so I don't know if there's something to that as well. Like, what is the, uh, they, they, they kind of know that they didn't agree or fall in line with Moreau and they were just waiting. Their plan was like, we'll just wait for the next born magician and then hope, get them when they're young and mold them into the, (laughs) into what we want them to be. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so he flies off and shrinks into a bird and flies off, which is also really cool to think that Amari can become a bird. Um, <laughs> she spends the next day freaking out um, about the warning and then decides, like, I'm not going to worry about it. I got other things going on. Quentin is still in a coma. Um, so she's thinking back to what Maria said in Quentin's room. With Dylan locked away for his crimes, she has time. She's like, hopefully for many years to come, um, whatever connection they share won't matter for a long time. So for now, since the summer camp is still canceled until next year, she puts her thoughts and energies into something else. She... I love how she thinks she has years. Yeah. <laughs> I love how she's like, you know what? This is fine. I won't have to worry about this for... Yeah, so- complicated the same day you found Quentin and you were out of the magician. Cosmo was at your mama's at work. Your, yeah, like right at, at the bit. Like, you're like, go. I have But Anna Maria told you that they could track you wherever the card was. Mm-hmm. So, like, you've been had a tracker on you for a minute. Like, literally a minute. Like, you didn't have it on you for, like, literally you've only had this tracker on you for a minute. And he was like, oh, here they come. Here we go. Here I come. And she you said, I got years. You rang, but like also like I love that about protagonists and tells. Like I like when authors write the protagonist as like um, hopeful in a way yeah. that like you can you can see and pro- like projected like hopes that they have co- going forward, like what they might want to do next, and how <laughs> those are easily foiled because you're duh, you're the protagonist, you don't get what you want. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> so now that Amari says she's she's got years, she has a bigger mission, or she has something more pressing. She talked about it with Quentin and she knew exactly what request she would offer, uh, she would make um, because the Supernatural World Congress granted her a congressional request as a reward for saving the world. I love their like, thank you for saving our world. We'll give you one favor. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for our con- ensuring our continued existence. You can ask us one thing and we'll, we'll grant one that. Thing. Should, like, this is something I want to push. I want to talk about for a second. Just one second. I have a friend. I have a colleague who I'm pretty cool with um, at my job. And he's younger than I am. Um, and he also has come from, like, a, like, grown up in the city and more, like, private school spaces and went to a private um, college. And the way that his first inclination inclination for anything with stakes in hand is negotiation and I'm like that's something that I did not pick up from my public school (laughs) or like college at all is like always be ready to everything is a negotiation and I should have picked it up and I really admire him for me like I he he negotiates financial aid for like grad school, he like he's like this. Oh, this is an open negotiation. Like I can keep, and I'm like I would. I never 
was tough. I don't think about that either. That was one time where like people, um, this last position that I got was the first time I negotiated my salary. And mm-hmm. people are always like, you have to negotiate your salary. Like, no, I've been knowing to negotiate my life. salary, but never for like school. No, but never no, but for like, like for me, it's like if they offer something that like I would only think to negotiate if I'm like, I actually is too low. But like I have been lucky enough where like they'll offer like the the first offer is like what I was looking for or hoping for, or sometimes it's more than I was hoping for. Um and then people are like, well, you should always ask for something. And I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm good. That sounds and, good. That sounds good to me. And like, I like, but, but like, and so that's what I'm feeling here. I'm like, if Amari would had no, if some, I just wish for Amari that she has some, like, if, if Dylan were a better person or Maria like knew what she was going through, like, if they could just tell Amari that they, that's a paltry offering from the, it's the, uh, the World Congress, tell them to come back with you some better com- like um, things for you besides one request. Nah, <laughs> speak to me again, because I will go to the papers and I will tell them about all the things, what kind of reasons how y'all messed up. I will tell y'all about how y'all covered up for the Van things. I will tell y'all, I will tell everything. <laughs> Give me what I want. Give me what I deserve. We're going to get five requests. I'm not going to work at the hospital no more. I'm going to, we're going to, like, you're going to pay me a a freaking salary. Like, like, let's, let's negotiate. Like, let's negotiate for real. Like, I need for Amari to have had someone in her corner to tell her that, like, and help her to negotiate. Because, like, that one little freaking request, that is paltry, and they would not have gotten away with that if it had been someone from the legacy family. No. I mean, someone from the Legacy family would have got a ticker tape parade. They would have got themselves some branded shoes. They would have got some, mm-hmm. like, where's the Amari uh, action figure? They would have like, been had some brand deals. Um, like, like, no, nah, like, she if she needs someone who, like, has that, like, an initial inclination is, let's negotiate, mamas. Like, we're not going to sit here with this one request. Yeah. No, no. Um. So she talked to Quentin about her one request, and she knows exactly what it's going to be. Mama would kill me if she knew it's headed to a boy's house in the middle of the night. Kira or not, there are just some things that you cannot get away with, and going to a boy's house in the middle of the night is one of them. So she goes downstairs to the down the stairs to the apartment building and knocks on Jaden's door, already knowing that Jaden's mama is not home. I'm not one to call CPS. But I think about it. <laughs> Jaden answers the door, rubbing sleep out of his eyes. Will you put on a shirt? Mari, what are you doing here in the middle of the night? I'll explain I'm after sorry. you get dressed. I don't know how much we've talked about Jade and Amari in this like cute little but, crush situation they got going on, but uh, we I'm talked sure. about it and how Di- like Dylan was trying to usurp, but uh uh-uh. uh, no, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not. Amari can't even talk to him. She's like, I need you to. Put Can you put a shirt on, please? Like she can't even because I'm attracted. Okay, He's already, like my mom is gonna be upset enough about me sneaking out to go talk to a boy, and you don't have on a shirt. It's not looking good here. (laughs) I'm trying to focus. I got important things to discuss, and I cannot do that while you were shirtless, which is hilarious (laughs) because I'm thinking about like a 12 year old, maybe 13. I think he's he might be 13. He's a little bit older. I'm thinking about how scrawny. (laughs) Marius is like, I need you to. She's way overheated. I'm like, when you're 12 or 13, it don't take my. It's just like, oh, like it's like it is very. It is very crushed. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm just like hot and I don't know why. Yeah. It just makes me hot. I'm feeling like, feelings I don't understand. Meanwhile, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm picturing limbs. Just I'm... limbs. 
Not a muscle to be seen. Not an ab. Just flat. Just, just sharp angles. Adorable. So cute. Big knees. You know when they're like that, they're so it's nudity it's just like it's nudity so honestly just it's having, like you know like they're in this the you can speak at a park about, like proud family la cienega feet size <laughs> and you can be like, like at a water park shirt. And, and it's just like it's like it's completely socially acceptable for you to be shirtless right now <laughs> and you're scrawny and you're 12 however you know that doesn't stop activating like like you're nude and it makes me like my brain like what i'm i'm I'm, i don't have all of the hormones but i have enough to know that i need you to put this shirt on so we can we can have this conversation (laughs) um so they go up to the um wait when she said he says he's like dressed for what and then she goes do you trust me or not and And he says uh give give me a second and and Brianna said, I know that there are children, but I ship it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that they're very cute. They're very cute. They are cute. So um, he throws on his Food Mart t-shirt because he's been working there for the last week. I think that is also really cute. Um, so they go to the seal, like, where do they go? It's like, it's because it shows, it's sweeter because it shows that he listened to Amari. Yeah. Whenever she was like, I need you tonight. And he was like. He got out of his little hood boys. I forget what they were called. But it's just, it's sweet because like he just, she just asked him if he trusts her or not. And then he, the thing that he puts on is a show of his trust in her. Yep. Mm. Um, so they go to the roof and then, um, he says, you know, I don't run with those boys up the street no more trying to leave that stuff alone, man. And I love that because she's like, that's actually why I'm here. Follow me. Waits to ask, waits for him to ask where they're going, but he just follows her. And he says, I thought maybe you forgot about me. I haven't seen you around much. And she says, oh, just been busy saving the world and stuff. She's 100% dead ass. Dead ass. <laughs> um, she laughs. She's telling the truth. <laughs> realizes they're going to the roof. So it says, promise me you won't freak out. And he said, girl, please, nothing freaks me out. So they step onto the roof. Jaden comes up after her after her, and his eyes go so big, they nearly pop out of his head. Um, so he's promptly he, freaked out. <laughs> promptly freaks out. And he says, I know I'm not that sleepy. Is that a boat? <laughs> That's how I read. Is that a boat? Um, sure is. You coming or not? Oh, I'm cool. Just give me a second to get myself right, he says. <laughs> takes a few steps and then steps um yeah, no 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 he takes a few deep breaths, deep breaths yeah he... sorry takes a few deep breaths and then goes inside jolly roger 2.0 um i don't know what's going on but this is some next level stuff how'd you get a boat up here <laughs> like I, the, the boy's asking the right questions okay mm-hmm. it's like what is happening and then says i brought it from a family member besides you haven't seen anything yet um and she gives him an envelope Jane takes it and reads aloud, nomination for consideration for the Bureau of Supernatural Affairs. And then looks at her and says, am I being pranked? And says, no, just listen. You used to be a part of Quentin's tutoring program, but I also know that you gave up on that school after he went missing. Well, I'm going to restart the program. And he says, for real, um, you're going to start it up yourself. And And she says, I know I'm not Quentin, but I think it could be just... I think I could be just as helpful because you are smart. You just need someone to have your back the same way Quentin always had mine. 
That nomination won't make much sense yet, but if you promise to really give the tutoring a shot, it will. Tonight, I'm going to give you a taste of what I mean. Um, and then she touches the will. Jaden, who is freaked out by nothing, his jaw drops, and she gives him a wide grin and says, tonight, we're going to go look at some trains. And that's the end. Interesting how Dylan, who was trying to be slick, um, said he had like the ability to steer a boat after playing a video game. Yet Amari, all she did was watch a boat on autopilot two times before she was ready to actually get a boat to lift off without any hassles. Or- I mean, she talked to Quentin another time, so he might have given her some pointers and like she got Maria's <laughs> contact information. I just don't think that... Uh, Amari has so much ego that she wouldn't be like, yo, I'm about to take this boy on this boat. I just love that and I'm Amari trying to look cool. do to save right. this boat, to take this boy on a magical ride where she shows him the world. I can show and you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. This boy has literally been swept off his feet. Tell me, Prince, by Amari <laughs> and her magic. When did you last let your heart decide? Um... That's it. That is not only the end of the chapter, but the end of the book. I love Amari's ability to immediately pay it for it. Of all of the mm-hmm. things, like I would have been like, my request is that I am treated like every other trainee or junior agent. I am able to use my magic freely within like the bounds or whatever. That magicianship is no longer a crime. That's my, re- That's my request is that magicianship is no longer a crime negotiations and she was like there's this really cute boy um in my neighborhood and he's very smart and he has a lot of potential and i think that i should be allowed to nominate him early so you know i think both are valid if she had negotiated like portia said and had more than one request Mm -hmm. i'm sure the magician one would have been number two um, who is your MVP for the chapter? Amari. Uh, um, mostly because of what you were talking about, Robin, about just her ability to pay it forward and um, like not taking her new, I guess, position for granted. Or not position, but like positionality um, for granted. And also for Side-Eye and Cosmo, because that man... It's suspicious. I made Quentin my MVP. I think like we saw in that short conversation, telepathic conversation that he had with Amari, but also like kind of in the way that um, Maria is interacting with him and then how happy Mama Peters was that he was found, like just how integral and special he is and how much he means to everyone. And that like, he actually deserves the hype. Like, I think that that Mm -hmm. was like, we didn't get to, I mean, we saw him very early in the book in the waking dream. And so that was like an amalgamation of him and his memories and stuff like that. But like, this is finally like Quentin in his own voice, even though he's still in a coma. Um, And he's funny and he's supportive and he makes people laugh and he's loving. And you see all of that and like, just this very short amount of time and you're like yeah I could see why you would dedicate yourself to finding him and believing in him and knowing that like his disappearance is not you know what people were trying to make it out to be um 
I mean, my true MVP is, and this is, it might sound like butt kissing, but I don't care. My true MVP is BB Austin. Um, mm-hmm. This book was a debut and it did not have to go this hard. <laughs> yeah. And yet it rocked my relationship with uh, Black Magical Books. Um, and I'm so happy that it, this book exists. I'm so happy that uh, we've gotten to talk to him before. Hints for possibilities next. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this, I like I got to share this book with a niece. Um, that you got to share it with Amanata. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're gonna share it with Kit. I shared it with my um, little cousin slash nephew, and he was doing the same thing. He was like, "Do it!" I was like, "No." Yes. <laughs> It's just, it's like, it gives so much joy to so many people from so many different age groups. And that's really hard. And that's magical in itself. And I'm so glad that we were able to do this as a podcast because it honestly is one of, I can't think of a better book to break down and talk about um, with people that like hasn't gotten like more like like recognition like and I hope it does I hope it gets so much recognition because it's just such a good it's just such a great book that's <laughs> very fair um so who are you benching uh Cosmo just because he's yeah for being weird and uh <laughs> 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 just all of the things we discussed and then not delightful I didn't, way. Like, I didn't have a, I, didn't, I, I wasn't sure who to bench before we started recording but like as we kept talking I was like oh nah he gotta sit down <laughs> he can even take the one he was sitting like, on with Amari once she leaves you know yep and he could have been like a quirky magician. He could have been like fun, you know what I mean? He had this whole vibe where he's just like a fun little mustache. Ah, over here it would be weird. Yeah. If you're going to be weird, at least be eccentric. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, I feel like the same kind of thing where I actually was like going, I thought beforehand I was going to make Amari my MVP, but then as we were recording and talking about it, it's so funny the things that like stick out to me when I'm reading the chapter beforehand, but like really like, I I don't know, my brain decided to like harp on while we're recording. And so I had to bench Amari for that one request. Mm -mm. (laughs) Accepting that one request. She doesn't know any better. I know, but like, mm -mm. for saving the bureau, she doesn't know any better. The black key and the black book, the whole basis of the bureau's foundation. She doesn't know. She doesn't know to negotiate. She hasn't been taught to be a negotiator. I know, I know, I know. So maybe I should also, because um, because she talked to Quentin and Quentin didn't say go back and demand your worth. Maybe I should have also made <gasps> Quentin my. I don't know the people around her, her support, her mentors in the bureau. I don't know. Maybe I benched the bureau for only offering that one thing. Lowballing her. The magical Congress is wilding. To be yeah, honest. maybe the Congress needs to be benched for lowballing, but like one request. And I like Jaden, and I'm very excited about their future shenanigans and adventures together. But that being the the request, he could wait a couple years until you get where you need to go. 
your existence I think is still that's a crime. The, the thing is that like he's been his whole life he's had to wait and it's made his life worse for it and so i think she was trying well, don't to make me feel bad about the fact that like she made a very selfless, selfless and good decision i understand why she did it and like i said i like Jaden, and i wouldn't even be mad at it saying. if she had an extra request but tis what it is um yeah i guess i on um on the unfairness of it all i'm just gonna just bench the magical congress because f y'all like seriously okay like y'all like that like they this whole time all it took was chief crow going to the hospital and telling them like no you're gonna pay this lady and that's all it took like uh like honestly i'm just like i've been I've talked about it throughout the podcast, the season, um, how over I've been the 30 figures in the story. Um, and yeah, like when I hear there's a magical arm, that's the first thing they do when the world is saved without their input at all is to like, this is the treatment of the person who made up for their lacking. Nah, y'all are completely trash. Goodbye. Yeah, for real. And with that, is a final thank you for listening for Mari and the Knight Brothers. Uh, we'll be doing a, we'll be back to do a wrap up of the book, and then we'll be on a short hiatus. Make sure to stay tuned and find out which book we'll be covering next. Wizard Team is brought to you by Black Nerds Create. If you want to keep up with our other content, you can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Twitter at blacknerdscreate, at Yana wrote it, at Robin underscore rambles, and at poor she uh. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at blacknerdscreate. Subscribe to our monthly magic newsletter. And don't forget to rate and review. Um, and remember, since we will be back to do a wrap up of the book, you have a only a few short time to get all of your MVPs and benches um, in. So make sure that you do that um, by either using our um, form or you can also vote if you listen in Spotify. And we will see you later. Thanks for sticking with us and I hope you enjoyed Amari and the Night Brothers. Thank you. Bye y'all.